Hello and welcome back to SCC Science Soapbox. This episode is about all things psychology related. As some of you may already know, I went to Newcastle University to study psychology and it wasn't until my third year when I did an in-school module that I found my love for teaching. You see, from a very young age, I always wanted to be a criminal psychologist. The idea of studying criminals, specifically their thoughts and intentions, in order to determine why they committed a crime was something that I loved the idea of. And that was what driven me to choose to study psychology. Whenever I told anyone what I was studying, one of the first things they would say to me was, oh, so you can read my mind then, or can you tell me what I'm thinking? Now, unfortunately, psychologists aren't mind readers. Instead, psychology is the study of the mind and how people interact in society. In this episode, we will discuss some interesting psychological case studies, as well as different psychological theories, and we'll have a look at the impact that the work of different psychologists have had on what we know about how the human mind works today. If you witnessed an emergency happening right before your very own eyes, you would definitely take action to help the person in trouble, right? I would like to think that I would. While we might all like to believe that's true, Psychologists suggest that whether or not you intervene might depend upon the number of other witnesses around you. The term bystander effect refers to the phenomenon in which the greater the number of people present, the less likely people are to help a person in distress. So when an emergency situation occurs, observers are more likely to take action and help if there are fewer or no other witnesses around them. Being part of a large crowd makes it so no single person has to take responsibility for an action. So two scientists named Bib Latani and John Darley, they researched this bystander effect. They found that the amount of time it takes the participant to take action and seek help varies depending on how many other witnesses are with them in the room. So they did an experiment and the... The, the participants didn't know what the experiment was, um, so they were unaware. So they were either placed in a room on their own, or they were placed in a room with two other unsuspecting participants. And then the third room, they were placed in a room with two other people who they thought were just other people, but were actually in on the experiment. So... What happened was they put the participants in the room and they were sat filling out a questionnaire believing that they were going to be doing an experiment, not realising that that actually was the experiment. So they're filling out their questionnaire and the scientists start to fill the, the room with smoke. 
When the participants were in the room where they were alone and there was no one with them, 75% of them reported the smoke, the smoke to the experimenters. In contrast, just 38% of participants in a room with two other people reported the smoke. So when they were with two other people, only 38% of them reported the smoke. In the final group, when they were in the room with the people who were in on it, those people who were in on it deliberately ignored the smoke and that led to only 10% of the participants reporting the smoke. Since then, other experiments have been uh, carried out, one of which by the same Biblitani, but with another scientist, Rodin. Um, they found that 70% of people would help a woman in distress when there was uh, when they were the only witness but only about 40% offered assistance when other people were also present. Now, in psychology books and research papers, the most frequently quoted example of the bystander effect is the brutal murder of a young woman named Kitty. So on Friday, March the 13th, 1964, 20-year-old Kitty was returning home from work And as she approached the apartment entrance, this was in America, by the way, she was attacked and stabbed by a man. Despite Kitty's repeated calls for help, none of the dozen or so people in the nearby apartment buildings who heard her called the police. The attack first began at 3.20am, but it was not until um, 3.50 that someone first contacted the police, so it took half an hour. An initial article in the New York Times sensationalised the case and over-reported um, the, the amount of people that heard heard her. So um, there's been a lot of kind of queries around Kitty's, um, like the bystander effect in regards to Kitty, but it did show that uh, the bystander effect can cl- like clearly have a powerful impact on social behaviour and it led to a lot of research being done after that. Why don't we help when we're part of a crowd? So there are two major factors that contribute to the bystander effect. First, the presence of other people creates what we call like a, a diffusion of responsibility. Because there are other observers, individuals do not feel as much pressure to take action Um, The responsibility to act is thought to be shared among all of those presents, so you feel less responsible, like, that you have to do something. The second reason is the need to behave in a correct and socially acceptable way when other observers fail to react. Individuals take this as a signal that a response is not needed or not appropriate. So at first you might be thinking, should I help here? And you see other people not helping, so you don't help. So researchers have found that onlookers are less likely to intervene if the situation is ambiguous. So maybe if you're not sure that they need help, if you've got, um, if you did not realise that they need help, and because it's chaotic and you're not crystal clear, Onlookers might wonder exactly what has happened. And during moments like that, people look to others in the group to determine what they should do. So if it's kind of an ambiguous situation, 
you would look around you and think, well, they're not responding, so then you're less likely to respond. It sends a signal that perhaps no action is needed. So, what can you do to overcome the bystander effect? Some psychologists suggest that simply being aware of this tendency is perhaps the greatest way to break it. When faced with a situation that requires action, if you have a knowledge of the bystander effect, think about that and how it might be holding you back and then consciously take steps to overcome it. However, a little warning here, make sure you don't put yourself in danger. But what if you are the person who needs the assistance? How can you inspire people to to help you? So one often recommended tactic is to single out one person from the crowd, make eye contact and ask that individual specifically for help. By personalising and individualising your request, it becomes much harder for people to turn you down. So that is the bystander effect. So next time you see a crisis... Look at how many people are around you. Think about, is this going to put me in danger? And if not, make sure you help. 